Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Dave Sethi. Dave is Director of Student Athletes and Sports Creators at Meta and the former head of sports at Instagram. In this episode, we talk about what sports content is performing best across the Meta platform, how name, image, and likeness legislation in the NCAA has changed the social media landscape, and what college athletes are asking Dave when he visits them on campus. Hi, Dave. Hey, what's going on, Brian? Dave Sethi is Director of Student Athletes and Sports Creators at Meta and former head of sports at Instagram. He oversees partnerships and programs across the sports ecosystem, focusing on the needs and opportunities of student athletes and creators who shape the culture of sports on Meta's platforms. Prior to this role, Dave was head of sports at Instagram, supporting leagues, teams, media partners, and athletes. From 2016 to 2018, Dave was the first chief of staff at Complex. Dave led partnerships and operations at the sports media company Team Whistle from 2013 to 2015. He began his career working in partnerships and business development at YouTube and Google. Dave, thanks again for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me. You just reading that description just makes me realize how how aged and dated I am. So thanks for, thanks for making me realize how much gray I've got in my beard right now. Um, you've had a great career. <laughs> what does sports at Meta mean? And how is that different from your role when you were head of sports at Instagram and now you're dealing more with student athletes and sports creators? Walk me through what that might mean in layman's terms. Yeah, so with Meta as, as that moniker, really what it, what it represents is working across the portfolio, so to speak. So not just exclusively Instagram, but Facebook, WhatsApp, Quest, all the emerging technologies and platforms and places where creators, brands, et cetera, can build communities. And that is really at the heart of what Meta has done since its inception is create places where communities can be built and can engage each other. And so the remit for myself has evolved over the past you know, four years since I've been at this company where we were exclusively focusing on Instagram as as the platform to now being able to think more holistically about the opportunities across the entire business and what we're able to to address and bring to the sports ecosystem. And you asked about sort of sports on these platforms, you know, really working in a sports partnerships role at a tech company like Meta or Google, you know, or Twitter, et cetera, really the way I describe the ecosystem and breaking it down is five or six distinct segments, leagues, teams, media partners, athletes, digital natives, sports creators who you know contribute to the culture of sports, even if they're not a pro athlete necessarily. And then you could add bonus categories like fitness and fitness creators, as well as media talent, right? So individuals who may work on platforms like ESPN, Barstool, et cetera, but who in and of themselves are brands um, with unique opportunities uh, that, you know, that if not require social media, but we're certainly social media is feeding into what they're building and the empires they're trying to build for themselves. So those are the people that, and they, those are the constituents that I've historically worked with. But as is mentioned in the title, the past year and a half to two years has really been double clicking into the student athlete segment and all the, the headwinds that have occurred and within college athletics even grade school athletics um, and what that opportunity looks like for the industry and for our company. 
I want to get to the student athlete thing in, in a little bit, but you know, you just mentioned you're a proud Notre Dame graduate. And I'm curious, and you're sort of lumping together a student athlete at Notre Dame, the great football player at Notre Dame with Barstool Sports as part of this ecosystem. And those are are quite different, the personalities at a sports media company versus, you know, the quarterback or whatever that might be at a school. What are some of the nuances that you're seeing across these creators on the platform? And how is it different, like content to content for a player versus a team versus a league versus a broadcast entity or a media entity? And, And what seems to be performing the best, in your opinion? Yes. So I think everyone wants to be in the business of working with creators, whether you're a media company or a league, et cetera. Just look at the work that's being done with ESPN and young content creators on different platforms like Instagram and TikTok. Uh, We ran a program with the NFL around the Super Bowl this past uh, January, February that brought creators into the fold and had them sort of if not covering the game, sort of covering the events of sorts through the unique lens that a creator can bring. So I think in general, you know, that term as buzzy as it is really just represents great talent who bring great young audiences to the table. And so that's why we're excited to work with them. If you think about student athletes, to me, they are the next great generation of sports creators. And when, when I think about what a barstool you know, how Barstool is different than the quarterback in Notre Dame, et cetera. I view that through the lens of what are are their needs and what are their opportunities, right? What Barstool Sports needs out of Instagram and Facebook and YouTube is different than what the quarterback in Notre Dame or the backup goalie, you know, at Wisconsin may need. And so how am I representing those needs and opportunities within the walls of our company, trying to support their interests, trying to advocate for them and and trying to, to land the things that are important to Meta to those individuals and organizations as well. So, you know, as as an example, ESPN, you know, one of the biggest uh, sports media companies in the world, cares a lot about driving tune in to the biggest events of which they have the rights to. That what they need out of Instagram or a social media platform might entail driving tune into some of their other properties for a college athlete who now for the first time has the opportunity to build and monetize their brand as of July 1st, 2021, what they might be looking for on social media and out of social media platforms, again, is very different. They might actually care about making, you know, a few hundred or thousand dollars via ads on YouTube, right? Or being able to make sure that they've got really authentic ways to engage their audiences using Instagram stories, things like that. And so you've got to have enough empathy to sort of sit in their shoes and be able to represent what they may need or require or be looking for when we're working with our teams internally. What's working well? I mentioned sort of everyone wanting to be in the business of working with creators, but it's a unique lens with which creators view events, the way in which they create content, there being a a sort of a youthfulness of it all as well. And so uh, I think what you're seeing, especially on the media side, is it's not just about, it's not just about posting highlights on social media platforms. That is certainly a big part of why sports fans like you and I go to social media platforms is to get that. But you're starting to see more of a shift of how do we tell great stories from unique perspectives, first person even, right? As opposed to doing a series with a creator, can we just give a creator, an athlete, a phone and say, just start shooting, start talking into the camera and and giving your first person perspective to our fans um, through the way in which you view whatever it is, wherever it is you're at, whatever it is you're doing. And so I think that's where we see 
some changes in terms of the kinds of content that are being posted. And then unsurprisingly, a lot of it is focused on video, especially short form video with the proliferation of, of technologies to help shoot short form video. That's really creative. And just the appetite that consumers have to consume short form video. Again, I'm talking to somebody who probably consumes quite a bit of short form uh, in, in his day to day life. So certainly see that um, as one of the trends that um, across all social media, including Instagram and Facebook. I consume short form audio. <laughs> so you just referenced this, right? Recent legislation that now enables amateur athletes to monetize their name, image, and likeness. It's called shorthand NIL. The quarterback, the backup goalie, they've already been creating content as the quarterback, as the backup goalie, as just regular people on channels like Instagram and across the meta platform for a long time. But now they can make money on, on this, right? So your remit here now, right, saying, hey, listen, student athletes, you have Gravitas on this platform. You have the platform to now monetize it. How are those conversations evolving for you? What are you leading with around with respect to education, with respect to opportunity, best practices. Talk a little bit more about that if you want to mind. Yeah, so NIL represents so many different things in the life of a student athlete. It represents in the very short term, a opportunity for all intents and purposes to be a monetizing content creator on social media. You and I have worked in this industry for a long time. We know that the idea of being a monetizing content creator is not new, but it is certainly new to hundreds of thousands of of young individuals who were never eligible for those opportunities. So while we may have that kind of tenure and perspective, it's important to have enough empathy to realize that for all of these people and all the administrations that support them, they've never had to think about social media in that context. So how do we represent that context? How do we you know, drive that education? My job isn't to convince every student athlete to be you know, uh, a huge TikToker or to post a bunch on reels, this, that, and the other. It is if you have an adventure that you want to choose in this era of NIL, if you do want to build your brand on social media, if you do want to just enjoy our services as a consumer, that you are equipped to have whatever adventures that, that you do want to choose. But if you're, if that adventure is, I want to build my brand on social and I want to monetize my community, then you should know how the mechanics of our platforms work. You should know about where we're investing our time and energy in terms of products and tools, we should know more about what you think would be useful to you as a student athlete trying to build your brain and monetize your brain. And so that's where we're really trying to spend a lot of time with this community, educating them on, on our platform, its tools, its services, where it's going, and also gain greater empathy for the experience of being a student athlete trying to navigate NIL and trying to navigate building you know, building your brand on social. And I, I view it as such a huge opportunity and, and frankly, an overdue opportunity uh, given NIL, in my opinion, uh, this, I hope this isn't a soundbite per se, but, you know, it was low hanging fruit for college athletics. Uh, people shouldn't be relegated to signing autographs in the hotel room, you know, and selling those autographs on the black market. Like this is your name, image, and likeness. You should have a right to monetize it. And so I'm glad that we're finally in that era um, where it's possible and where all of the work that Brian, you and I have done in our industry is now again applicable to this segment. It's important to, to distinguish too, and, and apologies for the rambling, but you know, there are hundreds of student, hundreds of thousands of student athletes in college athletics, all of whom have a degree of interest in what's going on. And 
and may or may not want to participate, all of these student athletes are going to graduate and 2% of them might play professionally, depending on the school the school you go to. Maybe Alabama's got a higher batting average when it comes to converting into to pro athletes, but all of them are going to enter some sort of career, whether it's on or off the field. And so a big part of what we share with these student athletes and the administrations is participating on social media and via and in NIL is an opportunity to build life skills. You know, it's an opportunity to learn how to market yourself, how to negotiate, how to network, how to be a professional, et cetera. It's almost like a walking internship. And that's where the opportunity is bigger than just, hey, start posting more on social media and and engaging your community. It's it's creating a foundation. It's creating a foundation of a community that you can take with you far after your playing career is over. And it's a foundation for skills, you know, in your life that you will use quite literally for the rest of your life. And so we want to make sure, and that's really aligned with the missions and values of gaining a college education to begin with. So it's interesting how we can play a unique role in furthering that mission, all while supporting a student athlete again, in whatever path they want to choose when it comes to this new era that we're in. Is there a question that you've received most frequently from student athletes about the opportunity? Yeah. How do I get verified? (laughs) That's the most popular question I get asked on any college campus is about verification. Uh, But just generally speaking, what's interesting when I'm on these college campuses, and I was just at the University of Colorado, uh, you know, in the month of October, and one, they're all really surprised and intrigued that there are people at companies like Instagram and Facebook that whose roles are designed to work with them and to advocate for them. And then you realize just, you know, it's sort of like inside baseball for you and I, right? We've been in this industry, in these industries for so long, we forget that to the outside world, there are a lot of people who don't even know what partnerships that a tech company entails, right? Um, or that that is even a role. They, they, they hear sports in the title and they think it's probably the coolest thing on earth. But for most of these student athletes, again, they don't know that they have people who are representing them, so to speak, and trying to share the context of what's happening in their world to this company so we can build better platforms for them. And so we get questions about what the, what the role entails. We certainly get questions around what are the best ways to build and engage my community? Um, and you know, what are the different ways in which I should use Instagram reels versus stories versus, you know, when to post something on feed or should I archive thing, you know, some of those best practices and, and tools that, that our platforms provide, but they're just, they're just intrigued about, about everything sort of behind the wall. And you realize as big of a company as Meta is, there are most people have never met an employee who works at this company. And so it's neat to be able to engage them. Again, apologies for the tangent. One of the really neat things that we've done on college campuses is actually engaging uh, the community of students who are future industry leaders in the very industries that you and I participate in. And so it's a really unique opportunity to be able to not just engage student athletes, not just engage administrations, but actually get into classrooms. Say, hey, you're an aspiring industry professional. Let me tell you a little bit about what it's like you know, based on my journey, which is only one of countless journeys that people are on in our industry. But I view that as um, as paying it forward to a degree because I certainly didn't know anybody who worked at these companies or what these jobs even entailed when I was sitting in these students' shoes um, and trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life, which I'm still trying to figure out. 
The question of verification is actually an interesting one to me because at first glance, it sounds just like a kid with an ego who like wants the clout. But when I peel back a little bit, I, I think there's probably an argument to be made that apples to apples, a verified athlete versus a non-verified athlete might be able to drive a premium on the sponsorship that they could get. So there does seem to be an economic incentive to being verified versus not, even if you're an identical athlete with an identical social following. I can understand that perspective and have empathy for it, but I think it's a relatively thin argument if, if for any other reason than more and more people, brands, they understand what verification is, what it isn't, and they understand what may be required to get verification um, and what isn't required. And so I think that the cloud piece certainly is is relevant. I have yet to really witness a creator or a student athlete who has lost an opportunity to somebody else simply because of a blue check mark. There's so much more that an educated brand has can examine and look at to uh, to identify and capitalize on an opportunity. And that's where, again, you're talking about, and it's not a vanity metric of sorts, but I'm just, but it's at, at the very least, it's one of many considerations for why someone would partner with a student athlete. And so if I was a student athlete, and I wasn't getting a bunch of press written about me, you know, uh, which leads to verification. But I did a heck of a job of building my community, of uh, being consistent on social media, which, as you know, is basically best practice number one uh, in the social media best practice playbook. If I was creative, if I was passionate, all of those things far outweigh a blue check mark when it comes to do I want to do a deal with a student athlete? And I think any marketer would tell you the exact same thing. When NIL was in the process of being introduced, a lot of people assumed that the legislation would only really benefit the star football players at the biggest schools. And obviously you win the Heisman Trophy, that helps you an awful lot with respect to sponsorship dollars. But an insight is that many of the most followed college athletes on social are women and athletes that don't play football or basketball. What role do you think gender might play moving forward and how creators grow and eventually monetize their followings? Can NIL and Instagram and the meta platforms in general help raise awareness around Title IX and Olympic sports? Yeah, so all the noise around NIL is predominantly men's basketball and football, right? But the spirit of NIL is in the 99% of student athletes who are all, again, deciding what adventure they want to go on when it comes to NIL and to social media and I take a lot of pride in working with student athletes, but also the fact that technology and social media platforms like Instagram and Facebook are democratizing opportunities for student athletes who don't have to be dependent on playing, you know, SEC football on at, at 3.30 on CBS. I don't know if that's still the primetime slot for them. I think the games might be later now. Um, or ESPN at, you know, 7.30 p.m. at night um, or 3.30 when you want to watch UCLA and uh, in Oregon or whatever, whatever the case may be. And as, as you mentioned, you know, they're with women's sports, which historically have been far underrepresented when it's come to things like traditional media coverage, going to direct to consumer as a student athlete and being able to, to directly build and engage your fan base is providing innumerable opportunities for them. Again, that diminish the dependencies that sports has long had around things like media coverage. And so we're really proud of the role that we get to play in furthering the uh, the aims of those student athletes, women, people of color, et cetera, because 
again, we get to, to level the playing field with our technologies and with the ways in which student athletes are able to build communities and monetize their name, image, and likeness. You know, we launched a program a year ago that's now in its second iteration called NIL Empower. And it focuses on 30 high potential female student athletes that Meta is taking a direct hand in cultivating and educating around our platforms, providing unique opportunities. And that is just one of the many investments that we have in the ecosystem of student athletes, but certainly in supporting athletes who have been historically underrepresented. Um, we had another program that we ran at the end of last year and early this year called GoLab 2.0, which is actually a program designed specifically for HBCU student athletes. Again, historically, not on some of the more major platforms that, you know, that you could consume college athletics, you know, a, a segment of college athletics that doesn't get much uh, traditional media attention, but for us being able to illustrate to them that our platforms can be of service to that. They don't have to rely on that kind of dependency and they can actually build their businesses on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. We'll get you out on this question. Uh, you were just in Colorado, the University of Colorado. What role can college athletic departments play in creating and promoting the content of their players to help support their monetization and, and the brand's because eventually these players become alumni and continue to carry on the, the legacy of their playing careers, even after they're done at the university. It's a nuanced question because depending on the state that you're in, the role that the university might be able to play or not play can look different. So as an example, there might be a state that might be constrained in terms of even sharing commercial content that a student athlete is posting on their social media as an example, right? So that's something that with how this legislation, you're really how this policy was enacted and some of the state-by-state -state legislation, there's there's a complexity to it that every university is going to have to answer. Um, unfortunately, there's amazing compliance individuals at these universities who don't get nearly enough credit for all the stuff they've had to do since July 1st of last year and in preparation for July 1st uh, in order to empower their student athletes to participate in their universities to to support them. The one thing that all of these administrations can be doing is number one, just acknowledging that this opportunity exists and that their student athletes are thinking about it, but supporting them through education and being a day-to-day -day primary resource, right? I can't talk to 400,000 student athletes on a daily basis about the things that are exciting them, that are concerning to them about our platforms, the opportunities that might be available to them. But I can certainly do a job of trying to work with the various administrations around the country in order to help them feel like they're educated and that they can be that primary line of defense or support, whether that's offering them levels of tooling so they can help student athletes navigate questions like hacked accounts or verifications, or if it's really just around the education of, hey, you're an aspiring content creator and you have a really big opportunity, you know, at your volleyball match on Friday, you know, going against a good opponent with potentially media coverage, take advantage of that platform and be ready for success on the field so that you can have success off the field. We can deliver that narrative to these administrations that can then reach their student athletes. And what we're seeing is more and more college athletics departments are really, uh, yeah, they're really excited to play a bigger role amidst all their resource constraints, they want to be that day-to-day. -day. They want to be uh, educated and, and equipped 
to support student athletes in a very different way than they than they needed to, you know, a year and a half ago. I'm joined today by Dave Sethi. Dave is the director of student athletes and sports creators at Meta. Forget about sports. You're one of the best there is, man. Thanks for joining with me. I really appreciate it. It's always good to wrap. Uh, for, for those who, you know, who just listen to the podcast, you missed the the 30 minutes of back and forth that Brian and I had, Brian and I had before this call, just, uh, just catching up because yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm very lucky to have, uh, to have crossed paths with you over the past decade and to remain in touch, um, professionally, obviously, and doing things like this, but just personally, um, I, yeah, I get, get a lot of energy talking to you, even if it's over a zoom call, better over beers, but I'll take what I can get. So take what I can get is all, man. I feel the same. Thanks again, Dave. Appreciate you. You got it.